Welcome back, Udomaniacs, to the podcast that explores Udomania. You to what? Udomania is wellness for your highest good. Each week, we dive into topics of personal development, nutrition, spirituality, mental health, and well being with guests who generously share their tools and expertise. If you enjoy what you hear, please be sure to follow on Apple or subscribe on Spotify. It helps me, and you'll be alerted when a new conversation drops. While you're at it, go ahead and share this show with a friend or two. As a new podcast, this is the best compliment you can give me. Speaking of compliments, you've been so generous with your reviews that I'm going to read a new one each week this summer. So listener Angela G1313 says, what a great podcast. Emily is an insightful host with wonderful guests. The wide variety of topics means there's always something new to hear on her show. I'm always excited when she has a new episode. Check it out. You will love it. Thank you, Angela. If you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, I hope you'll feel inspired today. Now let's get into the conversation. Jen Lobo Rose is the owner of Resonate You. Jen started in music over 30 years ago, first as a stage performer and came to realize that she felt more soul satisfaction by simply singing, feeling the vibrations in her body as a form of self-care and teaching voice to others, which she's been doing for over 20 years now. Jen incorporates traditional training with somatic-based functional exercises, empathic listening, intuition, humor, and grace. She's created an online voice fundamentals course called Sing Your Heart Out, and she regularly leads others in voice embodiment singing circles to foster community and inclusion. Welcome, Jen. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while now. Thank you so much, Emily. I am honored to be here. The voice is such a powerful tool, and I'm looking forward to a discussion that maybe will help other people know how to access their voice if it's an area that they struggle around. And I also love that it's a self-care tool and really can help lower stress and just bring general wellness and eudaimonia to people. So I'm excited to dive into that. Absolutely. I think I mentioned this too. I don't remember, but I have grown up feeling super insecure about my voice. When I was young, I built a belief that I am tone deaf. And that was kind of like Mm. joked about my whole life. Seemed kind of funny at the time, but now as an adult to see how much is impacted participating in normal life activities. If there's a mm-hmm. small group and we're singing happy birthday, it's like literally a terrifying experience for me. Mm-hmm. When I was a Montessori teacher and led circle with song, again, terrifying. And obviously being a host of a podcast, it's a huge edge for me. So I'm, he- I'm happy that you're here. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge all that because that is huge, you know, and for you now to to be using your voice as a megaphone, <laughs> as a past a guest had shared, it is absolutely beautiful that you've come come this this way with your voice. Mm. And I want to say that I'm sorry that that happened to you and that unfortunately you're not alone. There are a lot of people out there that that has happened to. And since my teaching of over 20 years, I've interacted with a lot of adults who have really come back and just said, this has happened to me. Do you really think you can help me? And I say, yeah, I can really, I really can. Like, I can even help people 
match pitch if they feel like they're tone deaf. And so I really just, uh, we don't have necessarily have to make promises that I can turn someone into someone who would be on, you know, America's Got Talent or something like that. But just like you're talking about those very, very core feelings of wanting to participate in life's activities is a, it's not just a desire. It's a right. It's a right for you to want to be able to participate and feel good and comfortable. So I acknowledge that. And I'm really glad that you shared that with me. Thank you. Yeah, it's been it's been such a huge block. And I didn't recognize it until I was in my 20s and I would go to speak somewhere and I would just have like hives basically erupt on my neck and I would never raise my hand in class and, you know, high school or college, like in a meeting being called out, like go around the circle and say your name. I hated simple things like that. And I really started to see what an impediment it was for me. It's so interesting that you say that because obviously that's your nervous system, right? Working with those unhealed trauma, you know, kind of things. And I will just relate a little bit. I felt so comfortable singing growing up. But if somebody like asked me to just speak in front of others, if I didn't have the script when mm-hmm. I was on stage, I would I would often feel the same way, Emily, because like letting my authentic voice speak out with confidence in, a, in front of a large group of people felt completely vulnerable versus just learning a song and singing it or reading, you know, memorized lines from stage. So even when we can sometimes feel confident in our voice, there are still those very important milestones that we we deal with as we're growing up. Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good point. And we're not all, maybe especially as women, like encouraged to give voice to our thoughts and Mm -hmm. speak out. Yeah. It took me, it took me probably into my 30s to really feel mid early to mid 30s to really start to feel more confident about what I was saying out with my speaking voice. Yeah. So do you think some people are born with an innate ability and others are not? That is a great question. I love that question, actually. One of my backgrounds, I I went to school for music, you know, to traditional Gettysburg College, and I went to grad school at NYU. But I really got into my body as my instrument when I worked with Jeannie Levetri through the somatic voice work method. And she had this beautiful visual at her teaching, which was a bell curve, right? So you imagine a bell curve and you imagine that the one side of the bell curve is a very small little lip of the bell. And then you go draw the bell curve all the way up and over and all the way on the other side. And when you draw a line in the middle and you split everything else in half, you see that about 66% of people can sing. And then the one side of the bell curve is the 15% that are just like, they don't need lessons. Like they were born and they're just like, I can sing. I can do anything, you know? (laughs) And I, I, I don't fall into that category. I had lessons since I was nine years old. Right. So that's 66, you know, plus 15. I'm not a bath person, but (laughs) <laughs> but there's like a really small amount of people that that really that really would be validly tone deaf. But if people feel like that they can't sing, that may, means that they might not have have had some much exposure when they were younger to match tones, or they weren't asked to sing, or if they were tried to sing, they were shut down. And so, really, being able to take some time with them and for them being able to sit with themselves and 
you know, sit with a trusted professional to, to really understand and, and the expressive loop, you know, what they're expressing with their voice and the receptive loop, what comes back and what they hear. And once you start to train that loop, because sometimes people can't even know if they're in the middle of the pitch or if they're higher or lower. Yeah. And so once you start to train that sitting with someone, it can be really helpful. There are even apps that can kind of help, but it, it, I think it helps to start to do that with, with a person at first, like, like anything that you're starting to learn, it just feels a little more comfortable. And so people really are trainable because we are just physiological, functional bodies that are meant to move our voices. We're meant to sing, right? And we, th- we know about this because in so many different cultures, like singing is just a part of our, our culture. And so if young people weren't exposed to that at young ages, it can be more challenging. But for the most part, it really can be learned. And as just an example, I have this beautiful adult student. She's in her 60s. And she came to me during the pandemic. We started on Zoom lessons. And she's been with me three years now. And she's like, I've never learned to sing. I always wanted to sing. I love music theater. I've been told I have a horrible voice. And will you, you know, basically, will you walk this journey with me? And I was like, yeah, sign me up, right? This is like the fun part of being a voice (laughs) teacher, you know? And so like, I love seeing my, my, my high school students achieve or my, you know, my, my people who are, are auditioning for music theater or something achieve. But when I really work with an adult student like that, and they finally, after like a year, finally feel comfortable singing happy birthday at their daughter's birthday celebration. That is just, they, they had tears. Like that is just more meaningful for them. And it's, and it's so meaningful for me in the work that I do. So I think it's, it's, I feel really blessed to be able to do that, that work. I bet. Yeah. Just in you describing that, it seems like what you said, a birthright. It seems like a, basic skill set we all have access to and how amazing if we could all feel competent there Mm -hmm. yeah and is the point of exercising the voice or vocal toning to get a good voice or like there's so many other benefits too so I wonder if you can speak to some of the benefits absolutely I think it's so interesting because some of my adult students who are, are finding their voice are like I can do it I can feel it I'm making these sounds but does it sound good, you know? <laughs> and we all want that validation and we all want that knowing, inner knowing of, of feeling like I've, I've done it good. And, then, and that's why I asked that of them. Like, what do, you, what do you feel in your body? What's going on? Are you, do you feel open in your throat? Do you feel your breath support? Do you feel like you're releasing your sound? And so oftentimes I try to reframe it and think about, for them, and think about, vocal functional production is quote unquote good, right? Like something something that is working and functional can, can be good because it's working on our bodies. So that's what I guess is my lead into your question, which is what are the other what what are the other things that are that are so awesome about singing, right? <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> so when we vocal tone, just like with breath work, we are allowing the sound to sustain 
in a long way outside of our bodies. So if I go like this. I have chills all over my arm. (laughs) I'm glad. I felt immediately calm as well. And we know that as we exhale on a long breath, we know that that helps to calm our nervous system through the breathwork principles. And so sustaining a long tone is simply the same thing. You're exhaling your breath on a long note. The added benefit is that you're using the voice, the vocal muscles, and creating vibrations in your body that just have this beautiful healing effect on your own body. So like, you don't have to have the pitch that I have. You don't have to have a higher low pitch. You can literally just randomly choose the one that kind of feels good to you in that moment and just vocal tone it, like sing it in a long sustained tone. And you can do that through just one tone. You can do it through an ancient practice called intoning on the chakras. With a Western hybrid, I, I always have to do that disclaimer, right? And and we do that through songs. We do that through songs anyways, right? So sometimes we might be going about our day and we're like talking to our kids or trying to get them in the car. And we're like, let's get our seatbelt on. Let's get our seatbelt on. We're getting in the car. Let's get our seatbelt on, right? <laughs> I mean, parents do this all the time, just make up songs to help regulate their children's nervous system so that they can kind of get on to the next activity. And it's, it's simply more fun. I don't know how many times I sang to my daughter when I was putting her onesie on. Let's get this onesie on. <laughs> so there's other songs and healing chants that you can just invite and bring into your daily life to have those calming effects throughout the day. And for me, when I first started doing vocal toning, sound, sound vocal meditation, I realized that it was kind of my gateway into silent meditation because I was such a mover and a singer. I found silent meditation to be very, very challenging. And so when I added my voice to it, it was something that I could concentrate on. It was something I could feel. I could feel those vibrations. And so that helped soothe me a lot and that's I often teach that to others kind of as a separate thing instead of traditional voice lessons but also many people come in with me with traditional voice lessons and then they're like oh can you do that thing that you do sometimes I I think I need that today instead so people are asking for it people are understanding that it's a value to them outside of even just like a regular song So will you lead us through something like that? Will you share this? Yeah, of course. Of course. Just a real quick break here because I want to take a moment to rave about my favorite skincare brand, Beauty Counter. Since their launch in 2013, Beauty Counter has disrupted the safety and ingredient norms in the industry and gone on to set the highest bar for safety in the beauty industry. It's not just safer ingredients, but sustainable packaging, ingredient transparency, responsibly sourced raw materials, trace contaminant and heavy metal testing, by the way, that's unheard of, and more. 
Beauty Counter is a B Corporation, EWG certified and Leaping Bunny certified, plus female founded. If you are ready to switch to clean beauty, I highly encourage you to shop Beauty Counter. Truly, I love it. That's why I'm sharing it, because we use it. You can head to the website, beautycounter.com backslash Emily Geyser to shop with me. You can get the link for that and a discount code in the show notes or message me and I'll send them to you directly. Yeah, of course, of course. So vocal toning can just be one tone right? It can just, or it can just be a very easy call and response. So let's just start easy. Let's just kind of find yourself in a comfortable position and whether you're seated or standing, it doesn't really matter. You want to feel your feet into the ground. And I always invite people to put their hand on their heart because when they start to find their tone, they can feel that vibration in their chest even more. And you just kind of want to take a low breath. And as you do that, It doesn't really matter if you breathe through your nose or your mouth. We know that nose breathing is is preferable, but in singing, sometimes it helps initially to just gently part your lips, open up the back of your throat as you intake that air because it opens up that pathway, and then exhale with me on a tone of your choosing. And if that felt comfortable for you, do it again. And if not, pick another tone or another vowel sound like it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're you're as long as I am or longer. It's just completely your personal toning experience. (laughs) So here we go. Another breath in. One more. So in that experience, you know, some people find that calming immediately. Some people find that releasing immediately. And some people can find that like, I didn't have enough air or my thoughts come up like my throat is tight or my jaw is is tight or, you know, and these these monkey brain, you know, monkey thought come up. And so the way is always to just keep doing it, right? And so that the the muscles and the pathways can start to relax and start to and start to move that air through. And so I teach people a little bit more about breath support and a little bit more about how to open the throat, relax the jaw. So if those things are kind of sticking points to do the activity itself, we can find ways to get unstuck so that the activity can feel a little bit more, get the full health benefits out of it, if you will, you know? So I love call and response because so many people come in with their heart wanting to sing musically, like beautifully, right? And so these short call and response phrases, I use it as often as warm ups for my voice lessons, but often as just fun things that uh, 
we do in our Sing Your Heart Out singing circles. So here we go. Hmm. I go, you go. Oh, your turn. So there you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm imagining, I usually am listening to my podcasts when I'm taking a walk. Not my podcast, but I listen to other podcasts when I'm taking my walks, you know. <laughs> and I'm imagining listeners listening in the same sort of way, like belting their voice yeah. in the neighborhood, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yes. So for people who are listening and don't use their voice in this way and maybe don't have a regular practice of vocalizing, mm -hmm. is a good starting place, like incorporating this into your day? It almost seems like it could be a great just self-care practice to yeah. like whether it's part of your morning ritual or just sometime in the day oh my gosh yeah i i i can't express enough like you know how you many people like took instruments or something when they were little and they're like their, their teacher's always like practice every day practice every day you know and i took piano and i wouldn't practice every day you know i think that we have to remember that because our body is our instrument when we're singing and these are tiny little muscles inside of our throat, we use the muscles in our breath support area. We, we have to find relaxation in our jaw. It's like anything else. If you don't use it, you lose it. So if you're not actively using your voice or your singing voice, it can be hard to, for it to be accessible for you. Yeah. So when I say to practice to people every day or, you know, five to five times a week, it's more the practice is more like do slides, do like three slides on awe for like three times to three times a day, you know, so you can go. Oh, oh, oh. So that's actually physically moving the vocal muscles, right? It's moving your mouth open. It's connecting it to your breath support. If you start simply like that, those are the things that are going to start to activate your voice and the muscles all around in your body. And when you start to use them, they start working for you. So then you go in a little deeper, right? Just like any exercise, like couch to 5K, you know, like any exercise program. So then you start, oh, now it's working. Now I'm going to try that song that I love on the radio. I'm going to I'm going to sing along with it, right? And so it just always builds on itself like like anything. I will say that 
I have been singing, like you said, like for 30 years and teaching for 20, but I took a month off of March or a little sabbatical for myself to record my own music. And I didn't do nearly as much singing as what I'm teaching because I was learning the equipment so much. So when I actually was getting ready to record, I was like, oh, oh, I got to do like a really good warm up because my voice wasn't being as active as it usually usually mm. is because I teach every day. And so that was like a really good reminder to me. And I told my students, you know, like how how it actually really is important to move your voice. What that looks like is different for everyone. But I will say that the tip that I always tell people is align it with something else that you do every day. So if you brush your teeth every day, we hope, right? <laughs> you, could, you could put a little sticky note on your mirror and say, I'm just going to sing my favorite song or I'm going to move my voice in some slides or I'm going to intone on the chakras or something like that before or after in the morning or night. If you drive in your car on the way to work, yes, sing along with your music, but also do some vocal functional exercises that can help support that singing. And there's just a lot of other things like you could you could sing and move your voice as you're chopping vegetables or washing the dishes. There's lots of different opportunities to kind of sneak it in. That's so cool. As you were talking about the need for a soft jaw or, you know, a tight jaw is going to get in the way of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think about so many of my clients talk about holding tension in their jaw. And I also mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm curious how much this helps, like if if singing is a great way to, we talked about how it reduces stress in general, but does it also like, you know, target that certain area? And mm -hmm. it does. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people, I would say more of my adult students, but a lot of people come in with just very much, we have to start really with relaxing the jaw. Because yeah. yes, like you say, a lot of people carry jaw tension and, and some people carry it and they don't even know it. Mm -hmm. And so when we start to sing, we're asking the jaw to open and close. And some people think it has to be like the three finger rule, like you put three fingers in your mouth, like from chorus back in the day, but it's not. It's just it needs to feel relaxed and like like a unhinged, if you will. So mm -hmm. if you just like kind of I call I ask people to do the, what's called the drool jaw. So if you sit tall and you relax your jaw for 10 seconds, we'll do it together. I'll count to 10, but just relax your jaw. And if after 10 seconds, you might develop a bit of drool. <laughs> so no smiling, no interacting, just relax that jaw. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten. Yeah, I could even see you. You like relaxed your jaw, right? How hard was that for you? I don't think it was hard. Good. That's great. That's good. And so then, then you would have to start to, you know, open and close your jaw because that sounds like so simple <laughs> when I say it out loud. <laughs> but when we sing, so many people just keep their jaw closed and tight and that closes the, the end of your instrument off. You know what I mean? I love how you talk about the body as an instrument. Mm. Because it's really so much more than just the sound that's coming out of our mouths, right? Mm -hmm. The sound is really created from, you know better, but it's like a deep well within the belly is how what I think of it as. I often share with people that 
if you have a bit of body self-awareness, meaning we know when we, we can feel the difference between our hand being open and closed, right? So when we start to be in touch with, does my throat feel open? Does my throat feel closed as I sing it? Do I feel like there's some engagement or some kind of squeezing in my abdominal area as I sing to connect to breath support? When we start to feel those very basic, am I feeling this or not? Those sensory kind of feelings, then we can name them without judgment, not good or bad. Just can we feel that or not? If you can feel it, can can you do this? Can you do that? Right. And that's kind of like the way we walk through it. And what I often say is that your body is your instrument and the airflow that comes like out of your windpipe, you know, over your vocal folds and out of your mouth, that airflow coming from your breath support out of your lungs. I often refer to it as the hose analogy, H-O-S-E, the hose analogy. So picture like kind of a spigot coming out of the side of your home and you turn the spigot and the water starts to flow through the hose. So that source is your breath. That's where it starts, right? So we take that breath in first and we start to move the air through our bodies just like the water moves through the hose. So that's the one part of that singing body is your instrument. Then it has to go through your throat, right? It's phonation. And that has a lot to do if it feels open or closed. You know, just like we have like a kink in the hose. If the water gets stuck, we have to make sure there's no kinks in our throat. So it feels open and relaxed. And we talk about chest voice, head voice mix in that phonation area. And then the last part of the pose is that nozzle, right? Our mouth. <laughs> so sometimes we can have this beautiful spray out the, the nozzle, like everything's open, everything's flowing, everything's working. But sometimes we have some, you know, crust on the nozzle and it kind of sprays and it gets in your eye, you know, it's like just a mess. <laughs> so we kind of work on those three parts, the breath, respiration, the source, the throat, phonation, and then the end of the nozzle, which is like articulation, like relaxing the jaw, but also the tip of the tongue, the lips and the teeth. And so when you start to just really start to hone in on those functional physiological things, then your voice starts to work. It just starts to work. And when you can then start to hear it, then you're like building confidence in your, in your ability to sing. And once you feel the confidence, then you start to move into the other higher levels which is singing songs and things like that. So are these aspects, the whole part of using your body like a hose, <laughs> is this what you're teaching in Sing Your Heart Out? Yeah. So my online voice fundamentals course is just an awesome way to just learn about your body as your instrument. And you, it's like video tutorials, bite-sized, three minutes to eight minutes, longest one, like 12, that you can just turn on and start learning just on your own, which is a nice thing when you're starting to just try to figure things out. And I, I like it too, because many people have like, oh, I've been singing forever, you know, but going back to that base fundamentals in a curriculum order-based way just creates that foundation that they hadn't had before. People, people say things in different ways, but this somatic way with just listening to your body, it just, it just really makes sense. And, and so that's what I really try to give to my, give to my students and, and give with this online course. 
I love that. I'll have to say that I know you outside of this podcast interview. Some people I'm just meeting for the first time when I interview them. And Jen is one of the happiest people. Like she arrives to a meeting and is like, here I am. And (laughs) you attribute that to singing. I do. I really do. I'm like, I'm so lucky. Like I get to people, I get to teach people how to sing and then they get happy because of it. Singing makes us feel good and helping ourselves to feel those vibrations in our body and just having all the nervous system regulation because we sing. Yeah, I totally feel like singing has made me feel like a very joyful, happy person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's remarkable. I'm curious if you use it as a tool when you're stressed out or you're feeling down. Is singing one of the self-care like practices that you pull out of your toolbox? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when I was, I love music therapy, the idea of music therapy, because I think when we're in our teens and early 20s, that's the kind of music that we really emotionally bind to. And so that's what they use for say, Alzheimer's patients, you trace it back to the times where they were kind of coming of age. And so those kinds of songs at that age helped me sing loud, helped me sing strong, helped me get out my and process my emotions, right? And then there was a time in my mid to late 20s where I was like, ah, this is the past. These songs, they're not, they're not doing it for me anymore, right? And yeah, I've, I've gone gotten into other music in my life as I've moved on, but there's something about that coming of age period. And so when, here's, here's a story for you. When I went through a, di- a divorce from my first marriage, I didn't, I didn't want to listen to music. I, I felt like it was too painful and some things just kind of made me feel very triggered. Sometimes music can be very triggering, you know, And that's how I kind of moved into sound healing, sound meditation, vocal toning, because those kinds of chants and easy melodies, we can sing without having a triggering memory associated to them. And so I still listen to music because I I love music, but I find that in my practice for my own healing now, I just sing. I just make up melodies and I just go, ah. You know, I just I just sing. I will say that my daily vocal meditation is intoning on the chakras in the morning. That's always been my my go to, and I've been doing it for about five years now. And it grounds me. It's my practice in the morning, and it just sets me right. It just sets me right up for the day. That's going to lead me into the question I ask all my guests, which is, uh, yeah, <laughs> what does your what do you, what does your morning look like? As a friend told me yesterday, like everybody has a morning routine. It's just whether it's conscious and healthy. Yeah. So we all have morning routines. But is there something specific that you do to help help you and help your day? Yeah, I will say that developed for me more consciously during the last three years. You know, during the pandemic and. Working from home and not having to go somewhere else, you know, I think that that obviously just changed for a lot of people in different ways. So I have a big glass of water. I use an emergency packet to just kind of boost me right away. And then I move into gentle stretching because I just feel sore. (laughs) If I'm feeling a little bit more ambitious, I might do some sun salutations. And then I bring up my singing bowl and I intone on the chakras. 
And that is basically a tone that matches each chakra in my body and a color. And when I think about a tone, a color, (laughs) and a chakra, those three things together seem to help reset and calm my day. Hmm. And then I go up and have, you know, my food and interact with people. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else before we wrap that you would like to share? Hmm, Let me think. I am aware that people feel vulnerable about using their voice. I feel very comfortable in teaching voice (laughs) and even performing on stage, like I said, with scripted things. I feel comfortable singing at my sound meditations that I lead, but I'm going to share and be vulnerable with you that I am starting to endeavor to put out my own singing and healing chants and songs for people to access in a more public way. And I feel brave in that. And I feel excited and a little anxious because I always feel like I'm in the role of helping to support others. And so I guess if I can think about it that way, that my my music now will be able to help support others in a meaningful way. So that's kind of a responsibility that of a next step that I've been putting on myself. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that opportunity. So cool. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad you saw the opportunity and also just made it happen. You had to rework life a little bit to make the space for that, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, Emily. Yeah. I I really appreciate being here. Thank you. Yeah. So great to have you here. So I'm going to link to all your goodness in the show notes. If there's anything you want to give voice to here, do that. But mostly people can know that they can find out everything you're up to when they look at the show notes. Yeah. I just just love what you're doing here. I've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. And I really feel like people are just getting a beautiful cross-section of different things that they can bring into their life to bring them joy, just like you're talking about, Eudaimonia. So thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being part of it. If you're still listening, thanks so much for sticking around. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass along to a friend. You can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review. And if you're curious what it's like to work with me or just want to learn more about the work I do in optimizing your own wellness, head to my website, emilygeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at emilygeiser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them.